Can you say some more about our inner critic and how best to deal with it? I find that sometimes there's a lot of negativity. So the idea of an inner critic is a concept that's pretty popular in various forms of psychology and, and therapy. You'll hear the term used fairly regularly. And I've mixed feelings about it, to, to be quite honest. It's certainly something we need to recognize, that there's certainly something there when we notice that negativity within us. And labeling things also can be useful sometimes, as long as we're, we're doing it carefully. However, we need to be a bit careful sometimes about reifying or personifying something and kind of making it into a thing when it may be explainable through other processes and it also may be labeled a little bit more effectively sometimes. The idea of the inner critic, I think, can sometimes make it sound like there is someone or something that's kind of out to get us. Now, you might be interjecting at this point and saying, well, it certainly feels like that to me because strong negativity can really be rather derailing and it can be very frustrating. And I really appreciate that. That, that is challenging. However, I think we got to be a bit careful about assuming what the assumptions are of it. Now, again, people use words differently. So if we use the, the, the term inner critic, maybe a little bit more lightly and assuming that maybe it actually has positive intent underneath the surface, fair enough. You know, that that's okay. Words are just words and you can really use any words you want. It doesn't matter. Uh, but just sometimes, just in my practice, I, I hear this term used a lot and sometimes what ends up happening is we are kind of alienating, in a way, a part of our system. We're maybe battling the inner critic. And what's happening is that's actually inflaming things rather than resolving things. And that sometimes can be um, a little bit of an issue. So with these patterns of, of negativity, how do we account for them? How do we explain them? And, and what do we do with them? The important thing to appreciate is that there can be very good intentions in a way on the part of our system and I mean intention in, in not in a conscious deliberate way but just in terms of processes that run almost like in the background on a computer to, to use that metaphor. There can be good intentions but sometimes it doesn't pan out that well. So the, the first thing we've got to ask is if we are telling ourselves, if there's a, a sense coming up within us that we're not capable or something's bad or something's a problem. Is that fundamentally a bad function to be able to have? And, you know, I think you can see reasonably immediately that no, not necessarily, because it definitely is the case if, if you're in danger, for example, you're going to want to feel somewhat negative about the situation so that you can avoid it or escape it. And, and that's completely fair. You, if you're feeling regret, are probably going to want to feel certain uncomfortable feelings about that. That's useful as well to a certain extent. Uh, and, and even other things like, you know, pain. You touch a hot surface, you feel pain. Well, that's useful. You can say it's a negative or it's an unpleasant feeling, but it is rather useful. So as a starting point, I think being able to encompass some of these patterns and not necessarily seeing them as something that is uh, something that's it's kind of... Uh, inherently out to get us, but very often these tend to be protective mechanisms of some description that are running. Now, another way of kind of framing this, and again, this is, is open to being framed in any number of ways, depending on what the, the methodology is, the therapeutic approach, uh, or the, you know, the style of psychology that you're considering. 
But another way of considering this is, well, maybe is the inner critic stuff that we've heard from other people. And it could be potentially quite negative, but we have internalized it in some shape or form. So it's kind of like it's playing back now in our mind. It's like an echo of things we've been told or even just things we've experienced playing back. So maybe in that sense, is it sort of out to get us and out to stop us? But even then, why do we internalize these things to begin with, usually as part of a learning process? And, you know, there's probably all kinds of kind of negative self-talk that we have internalized, but that was actually rather useful. You know, our parents might have said, don't touch that hot surface, or you're incapable of, you know, leaning off the edge of that ledge and remaining safe. So these are limitations. These are limiting beliefs. But of course, they might be rather functional limiting beliefs that they've, you know, proven useful because they were true. They were based on good, solid beliefs and they remained constant over the course of time. So we can see that maybe we want to call those things inner inner critic too. Fine, that, that, that's okay. If we're using the words that way, then it's completely non-problematic. However, again, what sometimes happens is the concept gets narrowed into this, this part of you or this thing which is just really out to get you, and it doesn't have uh, an underlying positive intent. Now, a positive intent isn't good enough. <laughs> that's, that's an important part of this, I think. Um, because you can mean well, but the way in which it's trying to protect you, for example, if it's a safety mechanism, could be highly ineffective. It may actually be harming you in practice, even though it means to, to protect you. So one of the ways I like to think about this is the example of an accelerator and a brake in a vehicle. So. You could, if you wanted to, call the brake the inner critic. <laughs> you could say, well, I'm just trying to drive, trying to accelerate down the road, but this brake comes on and it, it stops my progress. So maybe if you imagine in that thought experiment that one person's operating the accelerator and the other person operating the brake and there's like a screen and they can't see each other. So, you know, th there's discoordination, in other words, and the brake is coming on at certain points. So. Is the break negative? Is it an inner critic? It certainly may be a problem. There may be a coordination issue and it may be stopping you moving forward. But it doesn't necessarily follow that the person using the break is trying to sabotage progress. It, it can just be a synchronization issue sometimes. And usually they're probably more motivated by safety. And of course, you need safety to make progress as well. So that does have a valid role to play. The other thing is, aside from when the break is used and who's using it, you would also, I think, appreciate that the brake is an inherent part of the system and it's built for that very function. It's not a flaw, in other words, in the system. It's not something to be tolerated. It's a genuine feature and something you really welcome and you really want and you want to use it well. So again, if we want to just say an inner critic is a break, a breaking mechanism in our system, fair enough, that's absolutely fine. But if we're taking a few steps beyond that and saying, no, it's inherently just stopping the system and it has no benefit in doing so, there may not be benefits in that critical voice or there may not be benefits in that breaking, that might be a few steps too far. And the big problem is there might be a lack of integration as a result of that. Because, you know, if we, if we think something is kind of alien or just inherently terrible, well, then we'll tend to kind of reject it. But if it's actually part of our system, like brakes are part of a vehicle, well, then 
How can we reject it? Because it is an element of who we are to begin with. Now, this gets complicated because those internal safety mechanisms that are there can kind of have belief systems and day-to-day experience that comes externally get stuck to them. So while we all have the capacity to say, hold on a moment, is this a good idea? If we've had maybe negative experience, we still have that capacity, but now it has a lot of fuel and it feels the need to put the brakes on and much more than is needed. But again, I'd still argue that this is more the fault of the experiences we've had, which have kind of misguided the use of that braking system, than it is a bad idea to have the braking system there to begin with. So one way of describing this kind of yin-yang integration of the accelerator and the brake or these different functions in our system is uh, dialogical thinking. And you know, this idea of having a kind of a dance which is not necessarily about one winning. You know, when you're driving, it's not that one wins with the accelerator and the brake. It's not a competition where you're using both to try and see which one wins. But instead, your approach is much more one of integration where you see these as necessary and kind of inevitable parts of a system because how can you have accelerators without brakes and vice versa? They kind of need each other to counterbalance each other. And like the example of driving, there's no core reason why they have to be at odds with each other. They absolutely can work together smoothly. It's interesting. It's hard to put into words if you're doing something like driving or even walking. Why? you're able to do it as smoothly as you are. It takes practice, of course, at first, but it does get rather smooth to drive or to walk. You kind of know when to move forward and when to slow down. You're not accelerating and braking. You're easing off one and onto the other, and you find a rather nice balance as you do that. So I like to think of that in terms of inherent negativity as being a lovely approach to take. Hold on a moment. The capacity to be negative is a human ability. It, again, may be absolutely devastatingly difficult to deal with at times because of how much it's accumulated over time. But that doesn't mean that it's not coming from a a potentially good place. And we can still be very critical of the patterns that are there while at the same time thinking about the accelerator and the brake. And then our goal is not so much to fight and remove that, but to improve and to upgrade that. How can we make the use of the brakes better? How can we improve the braking systems? How can we self-protect ourselves in ways that aren't overly harsh? So you're getting nowhere because the brakes are on the whole time, but nor do we want just acceleration, which isn't reflective either. So I think that's the maturity is being able to find that balance rather than just making it too binary or too simplistic. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or on JFL.com.